CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Boy, was last night fun. We got the matchup we wanted. Welcome into the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Stormy Bonatoni alongside JVT. Jonathan Von Tobel in for Michael Lombardi. Mr. Lombardi will be back tomorrow, but especially... JVT, as an Angels fan, oh. the way that the World Baseball Classic came to an end last night with Otani and Mike Trout, what was that like for you watching it? Uh, sad, because I was like, wow, I wish they had some uh, like high leverage at-bats every once in a while, these two guys. No, that was, that was freaking awesome. Like When you see two of the best dudes uh, in their respective sport going at it in a high leverage spot like that, it, it was incredible. And what Otani did, man, like to... to go up there and to set him up and go four straight 100-mile-an-hour fastballs and just tell the dude, like, I'm coming at you. Yeah. And, and then to set him up to the point where then he hits him with the slider to close it out. Like, man, Otani was awesome. You know, not to take away anything from Trout, but you could tell that the Japanese really wanted that thing. You know, we were talking off the air right before the show started. The country of Japan was into it. Nearly half of the households apparently watched that Korean game. Like, they were super into it. I thought it was a really cool moment yesterday. Once all the ratings come out, it'll be interesting to see like what ultimately it was. But Otani had just such an incredible, I mean, classic in general. You were laying out the stats like sub two ERA oh, hitting yeah. four thirty five. It was incredible. Yeah, the sub two ERA, like you said, the the batting average around four thirty five, ten hits for the entire deal, and like to come in in that moment and be like, okay, I'm gonna come into the ninth and close this thing out for my country so I can win this thing. Like everything Otani did was absolutely incredible. I was just sitting there. Like, he's really just slinging triple digits every right. single pitch here right now. And then he gets him with the wiffle ball pitch. for it. And obviously, being Americans, we would have liked for their, him to hit the bomb, tie it up, and see what they could do and maybe have USA win it. But for Japan, that was like a World Series win type of celebration. It was really cool to see. Um, and it... It does have to make you, I like what you said, though, as an Angels fan, a little bit sad that we're not going to get oh. to see these two on, on a big, big stage. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, Otani's leaving after okay, this year. Okay, hold on, hold on here. 
we're not going to see them on a big stage together you on assume, the same team. So you assume that they're not doing anything this year. Eh, okay. Yeah, come on, so hit come me on. with it. The win total this year for your beloved angels, oh, 82 and a half. I do this every year where I convince myself that they could go over. I would say that they made some very, I would say they made some really solid improvements their depth is better, and I think their pitching staff is better than the masses would give them credit for. They're a for. plus price to make the playoffs for a reason. So, or, but are, is but that they, something you're willing to buy in on? They, they've also, I mean, I think part of that too is history, right? Like this has been a team that has dealt with a lot of injuries in the last few years. They have been chronically disappointing over the last few years. I would say that if we're talking, I mean, I think you want a better split than that, minus 190 plus, 150, uh, plus 155. <laughs> but if you're talking about like plus 170 or something in that range for them to make the playoffs, I would say yes, that is something worth betting. I think this team is going to be a little bit better this year. Do you already have tickets in on Otani for Cy Young? Maybe. No, not yet. No, I, I think, I actually, look, I, I would bet him to win MVP. I wonder something that you and I were talking about, right, where it's this stupid voter fatigue thing, yeah. which is really dumb, right? Because if you really think about the concept of voter fatigue, it's, this guy's really good, but we're just tired of voting for him, so we're not going to do it anymore. And I, I think that's really foolish in the grand scheme of things. But if Otani's going to come out there, pitch the way he does, and then improve as a hitter, because I know that's been one of the things that he's talked about, I mean, come on. Like, this is a guy that could be the most valuable player in Major League Baseball. Well, and the argument is always, like, we haven't seen this since Babe Ruth. Like, I don't know if you were around for Babe Ruth, but I wasn't, so I have never seen anything like this. And it's very entertaining, and it's really, really cool to see somebody that's really at the top of their craft and two things that are really hard for somebody to be able to do. Right, and, like, when it comes to, and you can see, you know, the American League MVP odds, he's a favorite for a reason. Uh, my whole thing, because, like, one of the, the, I don't know if you've noticed this, Stormy, but I, I kind of, don't really have patience for like mind numbing topics and conversations. And so if you want to make the argument that Otani's not going to be or should not be MVP, I can I'll listen to any well reasoned argument. But for the people who would just go, Oh, he's batting two sixty, that's not good enough, and ignore completely the other side of the equation for him, those are the things that I don't really agree with. So like I, I just think at the end of the day, this guy, if he's healthy, he's going to be in contention mm -hmm. for this award because he's going to be great. And if he improves himself as a hitter in terms of hitting at a little bit of a higher average while putting up the numbers as a pitcher that he has been, I, I find it really hard that any one of these guys at the top of those list or anybody else who could be a dark horse contender once baseball starts because it's a long year that he's going to get knocked off the perch if he's going to play a full season. Shohei Otani, plus 200, the favorite in the American League MVP odds. Mike Trout, uh, you have two angels in the top three of the, the, the odds board, Mike Trout. His number has got cut down a good bit here, too, from, I believe, 8 or 9 to 1 to now plus 650 after the World Baseball Classic. And just a shame again, no repeat for Team USA. They were 0-7 um, with runners in scoring position, so that's not ideal. Um, I, was, I was here for Japan. Yeah, you had a ticket on Japan, Otani's so you're big my guy. no matter what. Yeah, shout out to Adam Burke, who uh, put me on Japan to win the World Baseball Classic and did a great job of writing everything yeah. up on the website. And speaking of baseball, by the way, all of those previews are up on the website, too, at vston.com, as is the Major League Baseball betting guide um, by Adam Burke. But no, I was cheering for Japan because, of course, financial reasons mm -hmm. and because Otani's my guy. Um, some reaction last night. Obviously, you're also our premier NBA analyst here at the network. Clippers all-star point guard. I mean, all-star guard. Paul George injured in the fourth quarter yesterday. He had to be helped off the court and then put on the cart out of there afterwards. The knee injury did not look great when it happened, just went up for a rebound and, and came up against that Thunder player uh, awkwardly when he came down. As somebody like me, and I, I believe you're invested in the Clippers as well. I know yeah. you're a fan, but um, I had the Clippers 12-1, to 1 and I was 
pretty excited about the way that they have been playing lately. How devastating is this to their chance in the Western Conference? I mean, you, you obviously don't like it, right? Like the whole concept of the Los Angeles Clippers and the reason why it has not worked is because the, these two guys, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, could not really stay on the court together. You know, you go back to a couple of years ago, Stormy, where they get past the Dallas Mavericks and they get past the Utah Jazz, but at the end of that Jazz series, they lose Kawhi Leonard and they still push the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference Finals. It's always been a team that has kind of shown the flashes, but health has really held them back. And here we are again right now, right? The fact that this was a team, I mean, you mentioned it, we were talking about it before the show started. They're playing well. They had won five straight games where both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were on the floor together. It looked like they were starting to figure some things out with their lineups. And then sure enough, this happens if Paul George goes down. We don't know how serious this is yet. A lot of people, if you remember, harken back to about two years ago, the Eastern Conference Finals where Giannis hyperextended his knee against the Atlanta Hawks and came back relatively quickly. And maybe that's something that happens here. But you, you hope for the health of Paul George. But, I mean, this is a Clippers team that in a Western Conference that looks just wide open. Yeah. where No team is showing any consistency. This was a team that looked like they could have been peaking at the right time heading into the playoffs. So, no, it's a really big bummer. But I will say this. I think, and this is not to because, of course, Paul George is dealing with something terrible, so you never want to besmirch a dude after he's dealing with a really serious injury. Of the two, I think if there's a if there's a path for a, the Clippers to overcome one of those injuries, I think that it's if it's Paul George that goes down. It's better that it was George than Kawhi. Right, right correct. Like, there's a higher probability that they can actually do something without Paul George than without Kawhi Leonard. You know, Kawhi Leonard over these last few games has been playing at an incredible pace. He's he's at a 50-40-90 pace over his last, I think, 20 games or so. He's been the straw that stirs the drink, if you will. And if you're talking about, like, these solo Kawhi Leonard lineups as we move forward with everything else that they have, there is a chance that they could still maybe do something here. But they want they want Paul George out there. I think there's no doubt about that. Yeah, certainly. One, five of six games before the one-point loss last night to the Thunder. We'll see how things play out. Nine more regular season games ahead for the Clippers as they sit fifth in the Western Conference. Also yesterday, Cam Newton, after not playing at all in the 2022 season, threw at Auburn's Pro Day yesterday, 30-plus passes for Newton, um, posted on social media this week, ain't 32 that, that was a real. That was a real quote, huh? Than me. Yep. I thought that was a BSAC sports. You didn't. You didn't quote. see the video? No. Yeah, he had a little video talking about like, all these randoms getting jobs out here in the NFL. Ain't thirty-two better than me? Look, I wouldn't say growing up because Cam was like a quarterback at the like tail end of my high school career. Um, I I really enjoyed Cam Newton when he was at like the peak of his powers. Yeah, who he's, didn't? He yeah, and he's not at the peak of his powers. So like, I don't know about thirty-two randoms getting a job above <laughs> you. The last time we saw Cam Newton in action, it wasn't really great. So. Is there 64 randoms, to use the term, uh, better than him or MFers? Maybe not. So maybe he deserves a spot on the roster as a backup quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets himself back onto a roster, or at least for the preseason. But uh, I wouldn't. Ex- I would say this. Are you betting on a team that's starting Cam Newton at quarterback? Absolutely not. Right. They're and, probably and in a pretty bad position. To be fair to him, his brother Kalen, who um, was a wide receiver at Auburn, he asked cam to come do this Mm -hmm. and so they agreed it they kind of like kept it under wraps um he went out and did it and all reports that i saw were that it was like a pretty decent performance he was more on target than not but obviously the big flack on cam at this point is like are you really going to be able to throw the ball we don't know out of by the way the 46 qualifying quarterbacks who had thrown 500 passes since 2019 out of 46 Newton ranks 44th with a QBR of 25, last in touchdown interception ratio, and 41st in off-target percentage. So if that gives you any indication to how he has been lately other than the 7-21 and in his last 28 starts, that should do it for you. But the thing is, 
while yes, could this be an opportunity for him to be a backup somewhere? He doesn't want to be a backup anywhere. That's not Cam Newton. Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to read the writing on the wall, though. So you would, I would assume that somebody's telling him, like, look, if you're going to get back in here, it's going to be as a backup. There's like, think about this. I just don't see him being cool with that. Right. Well, he's, but here's like, because I, I like these conversations. He might not be cool with it, but he also doesn't have a choice, right? So it's either it's either be cool with it and or just get onto a roster or don't play. Exactly. So when when you look at like the last three years, to your point too, two out of the last three years, a PFF passing grade of sub fifty three. Like that's not really going to get it done if you're Cam Newton or trying to get, you know, pass one of these other 32 MFers on these routes. <laughs> See, I was just saying bleep, but I like, I like that you went all out on it. Um, he turns 34 in May. Obviously, Cam Newton's dealt with a number of injuries, most notably to that shoulder. Um, and while I believe, yes, he can still like scramble and do certain Cam Newton things, it's the getting the ball downfield that I'm not as confident in. So we'll see how things end up playing out. I feel like just in general, though, if you're performing at a college pro day, that should be a sign that the writing is on the wall, period. Um, yep. We're going to step aside here. We did get some news on the Lamar Jackson situation. He doesn't have an agent, but there are represent. there's a representative that is not in the NFLPA trying to wheel and deal with some teams. That got shut down pretty quickly. So we'll talk about that and a lot more when it comes to the Sweet 16, which begins tomorrow. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. But the six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700. Stormy Bonantoni and Jonathan Von Tobel live from Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Also on the show today uh, in about a half an hour, Nick Alberga, host of Leafs Morning Take, as well as the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast, will join us to break down the doubleheader on TNT tonight and just the landscape of the NHL playoffs. Maybe some good bets to make still available in the futures market, as well as Harry Gagan in hour two, host of the Against All Odds podcast former sportsbook supervisor, um, get on here, talk all things Sweet 16 and more. But continuing things in the NFL, JVT, Mm. we got some news. Um, Pro Football Talks' Mike Florio um, initially wrote that a representative for Lamar Jackson has told other teams in the NFL that Lamar is ready to move on from the Ravens and that he does not want a fully guaranteed contract the way that it has been portrayed in the media. Um... But also, I'm pretty sure from what I heard from ESPN's Kimberly Martin this morning that, like, this representative, this non-certified NFLPA rep Mm -hmm. is, like, a family friend of Lamar Jackson's mom. So no team is talking business with this person. Yeah. Look, I I think you and I both mentioned this right around the time he got slapped with this non-exclusive tag, which was, like, this is the time to hire an agent, man. Right? Like, this is... You want if, if it's true that you don't want the fully guaranteed deal and it already kind of looks like a mess on your end if you have non-approved uh, members of your family reaching out and trying to do business on your behalf, at some point I get that you want to keep as much as you possibly can, right? Because you, know, you don't want to pay the whatever percentage. But, like, if you want to maximize everything you're going to get, an agent helps you out with that. And just like, get, like, a short-term guy. Just right. get it for, like, this deal. You yep. know, just somebody to come in, help you with the contract, and move on. Yeah, I would agree. So, And he's not putting himself in a position to really, like, make the most of this right now. So I'm I'm going to be amazed if he doesn't because I think we might look back at this and realize that it's a missed opportunity for him to not get an agent and potentially find somewhere. And especially if, right, because when we talked about – when I was on last and we talked about, like, the non-exclusive tag, and one of the things that we brought up was – People were throwing out collusion because all these NFL teams immediately were like, no, we don't want him. Like, really, the commanders, you don't want him. The Mm -hmm. Atlanta Falcons, really, your offense is geared. Your offense would be so much better. Look how effective it was at times last year with Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. You don't think Lamar Jackson could maximize that? And so if now all of a sudden it's, hey, I don't want a fully guaranteed deal, well, then get somebody to help you work it out. Get as much guaranteed money as you possibly can. And do it the right way as opposed to this because maybe teams just don't want to deal with whoever you're sending out there in some of these meetings too. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, I mean, it's always just awkward in general that, like, your mom and your mom's friend is the one doing this. Like, don't you want to come across as more professional? And really... I don't know. My mom did a great job on my contract. She did? There you go. That's like, I mean, to be honest with you, my dad my dad and my family lawyer helped me with mine. Okay. I need to get an agent. I'm family on the track. Lawyer. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, you don't have a family lawyer? You didn't have a younger brother that wow, got in that trouble was, growing up? That was a, that was quite the statement. You didn't have a family you didn't lawyer? Have a family lawyer? I feel no. like everybody has a family lawyer. <laughs> no, no, you, definitely you, not. As I say, you clearly didn't have a sibling that got in some trouble growing up. I mean, I did, and I was one of them, but, like, <laughs> yeah, no family lawyer. That's great. Well, listen, on the Raven side of things, like, you never would have thought a year ago that they would be in this situation. Like, I fully... Mm-hmm was under the impression that these two sides wanted to be together. They wanted to get something hammered out and they're just not there. And because of that, 
Like the Ravens now are in a situation where they're being forced to make cuts. Calais Campbell, one of the biggest among those names, is a kind of a cap casualty right now. Mm-hmm. And they're just a team that can't really do anything else until they have this figured out. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I just... And that's the other part about this too. You would think the Ravens want to get this done as much like as quick as possible as well. So, I mean, I, I guess like we're also getting reports that like my team, the Colts, have not ruled out. Right. A, a, um, that was the I said this yesterday. That was the dumbest report I've ever read. The Colts have not ruled out, but they also haven't made any substantive efforts to discuss it, and maybe won't. Right. That's. I think that's more Is BS. That, news? that no, that's no. Of course, it's not. Like this, at this time of year, we're so desperate for any little morsel of NFL something that <laughs> like anything will come out and we'll talk about it, right? So no, I would agree with, and especially like even looking at a team like the Colts, every indication has been that this is a team that has finally like realized like oh maybe we're not just one piece away. So let's start. They haven't done really anything in free agency outside of signing one guy, traded away their best corner from last season. So it, this seems like a team, especially with the top four pick that seems set on going the route of we need to rebuild this thing as opposed to just retool a quarterback again. So I, I, I think there's teams that make sense and I've been listening to smarter people than me say that maybe as free agency progresses and you get closer to the draft that like, for example, the Atlanta Falcons, we go back to them. You have to give up two first round picks to get Lamar Jackson. Well, if you're Atlanta and what pick do the Atlanta Falcons have uh, remind me eight, right? So if you're Atlanta, you don't want to give up eight. So what happens if, okay, we go to the NFL draft, let's use our eighth overall pick, and now we'll trade for Lamar Jackson the next two years, mm-hmm. the next two and the first round picks. Because then all of a sudden it goes from an eighth and whatever next year is going to be to, oh, we used our eighth round pick and we get Lamar Jackson. Now those are probably going to be like in the 20s, you would assume, because we're going to be a little bit better. So maybe that's what's happening. Maybe some of these teams are waiting for the draft to go because they have really good first round picks and they don't want to ship those off mm-hmm. and they'll trade away the later round. Well, which is like, I mean, a big question mark in the Aaron Rodgers situation, right, mm-hmm. is how much of this is going to, um, con- how much is contingent on that 13th overall pick that the Jets have? Is that a, a, a mm-hmm. sticking point in that deal? We don't know. Speaking of teams or that are Aaron trying. Aaron Rodgers just kind of being a. Entirely possible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in terms of the, like, teams that are building up um, and trying to rebuild, the Panthers are certainly one of those teams as well, and they do have that top overall pick. We're trying to figure out who it's going to be. Is it C.J. Stroud? Is it yeah. Bryce Young? Um, C.J. Stroud's pro day coming up today. Apparently, 11 representatives from the Carolina Panthers will be at his pro day. But I really like a point you made in the break, so make sure you share that with the people. Oh, they, they took uh, apparently they took C.J. Stroud to dinner from one, uh, from one report I had, so pretty good. It's important. Mm-hmm. Very important. Those same scouts also, by the way, are going to be at Alabama's pro day. That's what I needed show. to hear. <laughs> I just like, I saw a lot of like the CJ Stroud stuff and I'm reading the article and like just buried in there is that little detail. Like, oh, by the way, all of them are credentialed to go to the Alabama pro day and they're going to be there too. It's like, of course they like are. Like 11 Panther scouts and then you just see CJ Stroud number grow higher and higher right. to be the can, top Can I also thing. make the point? So I think a lot of people would say like, oh, it's a really good sign. I would argue if you were settled <laughs> on CJ Stroud to be your first pick of the NFL draft that you just traded for, would you need 11 scouts to go and check him out? Just Valid saying, if, if you were already settled on the guy. So this is the thing that really confuses me about Carolina trading up to, for that top overall pick is if you're giving all of this up, mm-hmm. don't you know? Shouldn't you know who your guy is? I don't think so. No? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to trade up for the certainty of knowing you'll get your guy whenever you decide who it is? Isn't that worth something? Yes. Like, I, we have... I have like four guys, you know, that I might want, right? I want to make sure I get my guy though. So let's trade up to go and get him. Let's go. Let's make sure that when we decide whoever our guy is going to be, that we're going to get him. Like look at a team like the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to make a guess that the Indianapolis Colts, 
let's say, you know, whatever it is, that their first quarterback is not the third best quarterback because that's what it looks like, right? At this point, there's going to be two teams that take a quarterback ahead of them. It's going to be the Panthers. It's going to be the Texans. Are the odds that the, like the Colts, whoever they like, their number one guy, is really going to be the third best quarterback by everybody else's standards? No. So, like, what you do if you're Carolina is let's make sure we get our guy. We don't know who it is yet, but we guarantee that we're going to get him with this first pick. Well, and I guarantee you that nobody, at least from the outside looking in, knows what it is. All of the mock drafts I've seen, like Mel Kuyper had C.J. Stroud going number mm-hmm. one overall yesterday, then followed up by Daniel Jeremiah, who's a voice that I really trust in this space, who has Bryce Young going number one Correct. overall. So, like, not even the insiders and guys who do this day-to-day for a living and, have any insight. And yet, the betting market was like, that minus 350. Gotta be C.J. Stroud. And that makes, because Frank Reich likes him, and he's got the body type that he likes. Don't forget Josh McCown in the YouTube video where he drooled over yes. C.J. Stroud's best game as a college player, right? Like, of course he's going to look really good there. So, no, I, I think that ultimately, like, swinging this back to the NFL draft stuff, and we have seen it, right? The, the number one overall pick odds got the minus 350 for C.J. Stroud, and that was one of the things where I was kind of just like banging my hand on the table. I'm like, it should not be that high. Yeah. There is no concrete evidence that it's C.J. Stroud. And sure enough, what's happening, it's now down to minus 185. And that's why I would also stress for anybody who's watching it or listening, we sometimes view these odds moves as predictive when it comes to things like this, and they're not. Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud got up to minus 350, and you have people saying, somebody must know something. Okay, now they're down to minus 185. What does that mean? Does somebody know something again? It who, doesn't. Who had Walker at this point last year? Correct. You know, like think about all the names that we went through for who's going to go top overall last year. How many year. favorites Walker, there were? Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchison. Like keep going down the list. That changed like on a very regular basis up until days before the draft. Mm-hmm. So um, nobody knows at this point. I still stand by the fact that I'm surprised that the Panthers – didn't have at least a very, very strong opinion on who they would want if they're going to trade up for that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see who it plays out. Michael Lombardi has been saying for the last couple weeks that he's 60-40, thinking that it's going to be Bryce Young. And with the reports that you know Frank Reich is more on the C.J. Stroud side, but it looks like the owner, David Tepper, is more infatuated with the Bryce Young of it all and who ultimately is going to get final say in that. Um, we'll have to wait and see, I guess, how it all plays out come late April. We're going to step aside when we come back, get into a little hoops action. We've got plenty of Sweet 16 to talk throughout the show and a 10-game slate in the National Basketball Association. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with our MLB betting guide. It's available now. Got futures, team previews, best bets, and more. Steve Mackinnon is bringing you power ratings on every single team. Plus, our guy Adam Burke breaks down how the new Major League Baseball rules can impact betters. Whether you bet baseball every day or you're just looking for some valuable futures bets, and our betting guide. Has you covered? Sign up today. Get full access to Beeson for 30 days. Just $19 at Beeson.com slash subscribe. We're rolling along here on the Lombardi line and uh, talking a little bit of hoops. And I was going to lead off with NBA, but I know you and I are both avid slam ball aficionados and the league is coming back for a six-week season right here in Viva Las Vegas, baby. So Sean King, when I was on with them, uh, let me know about this. and I had no idea that it was coming back. Um... Stormy, I would say the news yesterday that Slam Ball was coming back, the birth of my children, <laughs> and then my me- my wedding day. Then your marriage. Those are the, yeah, those are order. the three in order, the happiest moments I've been in my life. 
I can't wait. It is so great. For anybody who hasn't really seen it, go back, like you said. But I was like, what was I like? We were probably like 12-ish. I'm yeah. a little older than you. Um, Spike TV, watching Slam. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Oh, and it's here in Las Vegas. I can't wait. So, And I don't know if you know this, but um, like I basically, as a reporter, should be on the cover of like Obscure Sports Quarterly with some of the strange events that I yeah. have worked, whether it be like Spike Ball or cornhole, or some or of those really intense I got Mountain asked, West conference track meets, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I got asked to do axe throwing at one point, Ooh. but I had to turn that down. Unfortunately, I was booked. Yeah. But um, I would love to be a reporter for Slam Ball. So anybody out there, I don't know who's going to have the broadcast rights, or if um, I know they're doing a docu series as well. But anybody out there, I'm just selling my sh- shooting my shot. Were you booked for like highlight already or something like that? I, I had college football, actually. Oh, okay. so, so that was a legitimate sport. I would have loved it if you turned sport. down an obscure sport for, like, another <laughs> obscure sport. Like, sorry, Cornhole oh. actually booked me already. I'm out. If only. But Slam Ball's sick. Like, even just looking back at some of the highlights Dude. we were talking about that were posted, the, oh, it's so much fun. I, I can't. And, well, and I forgot that they could actually, like, check each other, too. Yeah. So, like, you remember all the highlights at the rim, like the blocks and the dunks and everything like that. Then you forget that dudes can just come up and just straight check guys. Oh, it's going to be so much If you fun. don't know what it is, look it up. It's trampoline basketball, and it's fantastic every second of it. Um, we do have some important games in the NBA, though, coming up. Uh, Ten games on tap tonight. Um, John ja Morant spoke publicly for the first time yeah. yesterday since his eight-game suspension. Um, he served that suspension at, like, a counseling facility in Florida. Said that he is, you know, it's the process is ongoing. Everything's fixed. But he's working on ways to manage and cope with his stress better. So hopefully that two weeks, you know, has been enough for him to learn those things and, you know, make better choices in the future. The Grizzlies are taking on the Rockets tonight, and he's expected to play. Yeah, I mean, I I wrote about this. It was a really short write-up. Like, look, John Morant's going to come back. Dylan Brooks is not there. So we've seen the market really bet this thing over, and that's probably the move. Uh, It opened 226 on the overnight. We're up to 231.5, as you see on the screen if you're watching. Those moves make sense. The Rockets, you know, taking 13 and a half and getting that down to 12 and a half makes some sense too. The Rockets have been playing some pretty good basketball from a cover standpoint over the last 12. I think they're about six and six, seven to five against the spread. So covering numbers, uh, it would make some sense in terms of both of these moves. I, I would, I would say that we don't know exactly. I haven't seen anything in terms of a minutes restriction, but you don't know how effective mm-hmm. John Morant's going to be after missing nine games. So I would very much uh, maybe push back on the fact that if you're going to like bet John Morant overs or something like that, maybe that's not going to work out for you, but. The, the moves that this market has shown already, I would say, are absolutely accurate. And I think at this point right now, you're waiting in-game to see if you can find a better angle, whether it's a cheaper number on Memphis or a lower number to bet over the total if it gets off to a slow start. And Grizz, give them some credit. They've been good without Jaw lately. I know they started slow, like earlier this season right. when they didn't have him. They were like 3-7, and seven, but six of the last seven they've won without him, including wins over the Warriors and Mavericks back-to-back games coming into tonight. Um, after missing 51 straight games with a grade three calf strain, yeah. your guy Carl Anthony Towns back in action too. Uh, why is he my guy? Where did this come from? I don't know. It's just news and oh, you're okay. the NBA guy. So um, he, he must be your guy since I, you I, follow the league so closely. Well, I do have a, uh, a 75 to one ticket on Carl Anthony. See, so he is your guy. Uh, yeah, you think no, I'm going to be able to cash out on that one? No, no, look, I, so this is interesting for multiple reasons, but the most fascinating part is when Carl Anthony Towns was out there, like that, this just didn't wasn't working, right? Like the the Timberwolves actually weren't really weren't really that good. The Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns dynamic wasn't really fitting, and so now you're in the stretch of the season where you got about ten games left, and now you got to force this back into action and see if it's going to really work for you. I am going to be amazed to see what this team kind of looks like because they're 
their uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Their identity had kind of shifted to all right. We're not going to be a good offensive team, but we're going to be a top ten defensive team and just kind of grind away some of these games. And that's been the way that they have looked. I just wonder what this now looks like when you're forcing Carl Anthony Towns back into the fold with Rudy Gobert in a duo that wasn't really working out so much when they were on the court. And give you an example uh, with Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert on the floor together. 107.2 offensive rating is really bad. It's a really inefficient mark. So I'm just really curious what this means for them in the big picture because this was not something that worked for them. And now you got to try to make it work with about 10 games left and with Anthony Edwards uh, ailing yep. with the ankle injury that he suffered the other day. And trying to battle for playoff position. Yep. All these games are so critical right now. Um, the ESPN national doubleheader tonight, Warriors, Mavericks, and Suns, Lakers. So, so important games in the Western Conference, Golden State, on the road, we know has been bad, 8-29 and 29 this season, but they are fresh off a win and cover as an 11-point favorite at Houston, which snapped an 11-game yep. road losing streak. Um, does that continue tonight uh, against the Mavericks? So I'm, this is a pretty interesting thing, and this has happened with the last couple of Mavericks games, Stormy, that I'm going to double-check the numbers to see if we're still here because if you look at where the overnight was to where we are at now, so the overnight number – for those who don't know on this matchup, it opened Golden State minus one and a half with a total of 233 and a half. So we're up to two and a half in favor of the Golden State Warriors, and the total is up a point to 234 and a half. Those two moves don't really jive, right? Because excuse me, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving are both questionable to play. So a move toward the Warriors would make you think, well, maybe at least one of those guys isn't playing, right? Or the market thinks that. But if one of those guys isn't playing, or both of them isn't playing, why is the total going up? Right. Because the total shouldn't go up. The total should go down. So we've seen this now a couple of games with the Dallas Mavericks where the markets kind of moved in opposite directions that don't really make a lot of sense because we don't really know who's coming. Is it Kyrie Irving? Is it Luka Doncic? So I'm really curious to see what ultimately happens because there's a bet to be made here, right? If Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving are going to play, you're taking a plus price on the money line with the Dallas Mavericks because they will close as favorites. Uh, and if they're not going to play, you're going to bet under 234.5 because that thing's going to come back down when they're not announced. So we've kind of seen this now, and it's just a waiting game as to what the news is going to be. Luka Doncic, by all accounts, probably shouldn't come back for a couple more games, so we'll see if that's actually going to be the case. And Kyrie Irving did, as he told the media, not only was the pain a lot worse in his foot than they initially thought, but he exacerbated that injury just the other night when they played Memphis, and they only scored nine points mm -hmm. in the first ten and a half minutes of that fourth quarter. So I'm, I'm, this is 100%. You're just monitoring this all day to see any bit of information on those two guys because that will tell you where you want to go. But these moves initially, they just didn't really make too much sense. And it's tough to gauge, too, with some of these injuries because, like, Luca, for example, last game was upgraded to questionable. Yep. You get the feeling that he's going to play, and then and he And then he went to shoot not. around, and that's why these shoot-arounds are important Yep. because you're right. He got upgraded to questionable, went to shoot-around, and then, like, immediately after shoot-around, they're like, ah, yeah, no. Nope. And that's, that's not really a good sign for a, good, a dude who's trying to make his way back from a pain-tolerance deal. Uh, important game for the Lakers tonight, hosting the Suns. Suns have dropped four of their last five. Um, Lakers obviously need a win to get back in that play-in position. Do you think they can get it? Yeah, I, th I mean, there's a potential because the Suns have not really been playing that well since they've lost Kevin Durant, which is kind of surprising. I, I thought they would be a little bit of a better team, especially because they've been together before Kevin Durant got there. That hasn't really been the case. The, the thing I wrote about today in the article was a little bit more from a player prop standpoint. DeAndre Ayton's not going to play tonight. So your starting front court or your front court rotation for the Phoenix Suns is a mix of Bismack Biombo and Jock Landale. That's going to be a duo that Anthony Davis should be able to beat up relatively well. Davis, since LeBron's gone down, 26.2 points, 13 rebounds per game on 54.2% shooting. And his player props a little bit higher than that number at 43.5. I would expect a pretty big game for Anthony Davis. From a side or total standpoint, it didn't have a really big feel, but... 
I think it's going to be interesting to look at where the market moves on his props because, especially with the points rebounds, this should be a matchup that he has a lot of success against. Okay. Any other game that you want to mention? Um, yeah, so I, I took a little bit of a chance. So Knicks and Heat, I thought this was an interesting thing. So if you look at the first two matchups between Miami and New York, right, they, uh, they've only played twice. The totals for those games were 216 and 215 and a half. The second game went over by 26 and a half points. It was a crazy shooting night for both teams. They combined to shoot 44% from three. Uh, they both had an offensive rating of 126 or higher. So it sailed over the total. However, you get to this game today. This game opens up 221 Stormy and is now up to 224 and a half. So think about that. 224 and a half today, where the first two matchups were 215 and a half and 216. It's a really big adjustment for two teams that are in the bottom 10, or actually, excuse me, bottom five in terms of pace and bottom five in terms of shooting. So if you're making this adjustment based on a statistical anomaly, essentially, the last time they met up, and you're getting about nearly a what, eight, nine mm-hmm. points adjusted from the last time these two teams met. I went under 223 and a half because I thought the market was getting a little too high. I actually ticked up one more point to 224 and a half. So obviously somebody who bet under 223 and a half think 224 and a half is playable, but it's a really big adjustment from what we saw in the first two games. Uh, JVT's full article available on the homepage right now at vcin.com and all of his written work at vcin.com slash JVT um, for the best bets in the NBA. Also check out the Hardwood Handicappers pod, downloadable wherever you get your podcast. New episode today. Yes. Drop it low. Um, We're going to get into a little NHL when we come back. Nick Alberga, host of Leafs Morning Take on the Nation Network, is going to join us coming up next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to, like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet MGM customers, listen up. If you have a friend who loves sports as much as you do, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account, click the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register to a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up, makes a deposit, you'll both get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. We are live in downtown Las Vegas as we welcome you back to the Lombardi Line. Time to talk a little stick and puck as we welcome in Nick Alberga, host of Leafs Morning Take on the Nation Network, co-host of the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast as well. Nick, what's going on, my guy? How are you? Not too much, guys. Looking forward to the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're about 10 to 12 games away now. It's a dead time in the NHL betting world, I won't lie. So that's a good that's a good follow up to like. All right, see you later, can, dude. Yeah, bye. Yeah. Um, bye. <laughs> no, like, what is your approach to betting this yeah. time of year as teams are gearing up for the playoffs? What do you do? Yeah, like it's funny you asked me that because I was talking to a buddy who's like a pretty prolific name in NHL betting, and he was having sort of the same misfortunes, I guess you want to call them, as me, where it's like it seems like it's night and day where a team is desperate for two points this time of year. And then you have teams like Arizona and Chicago and Montreal, for example, last night beating the Tampa Bay lightning. It's just so much more difficult to handicap in my opinion, this time of year, I've never had success in the last, you know, 15, 20 games following the trade deadline. I just don't think if you're looking for value, now's the time not to find that value. If you're looking at the favorites, at least, because as I mentioned, a lot of the dogs are winning, but it's just so difficult to pinpoint when that's going to happen, unfortunately. So I'm going to steal something that you guys were actually just talking about off the air, and I'll take all the credit for it. Um, but you guys mentioned, was it Colorado that you guys yeah. were both on today? Yeah. And is part yeah. of the reason, and you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, part of the reason was that the market's overreacting to Pittsburgh needing to win. Is that something that is generally you see? Because like I'm a guy that like in the final week of the NFL regular season, I'll actually bet against all these teams that have to win because the market really overaccounts for that, yeah. and you actually get value on the other side. Well, that's ex that's a really good point. That's exactly why I stay away from the market for the most part in general the last month or so because there's just no value in the teams I actually think are going to win, and I just don't have the cojones, if you will, to bet on the teams who are unlikely to win. Mm -hmm. So I think to your point, yeah, like that's exactly what I'm saying is that I think the the market is overreacting to Pittsburgh direly needing two points tonight. I believe uh, their next two games against Colorado, then the Dallas Stars, they lose to the Ottawa Senators and like their 16th string netminder and Dylan Ferguson, former Vegas Golden Knight, mm -hmm. as Stormy would know the other night. It just, it's not looking good for Pittsburgh. On top of that, I really, really like the way Colorado's playing right now. Kale McCarr has been a beast, Nathan McKinnon as well. I know they're battered and bruised, but they're definitively the better team. And most importantly, they're on home ice for this game where they're pretty lights out. So famous last words, maybe, but I like Colorado tonight against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I always get worried when we're on the same side. No, I'm just kidding. I think that's good, Juju. <laughs> Minus 154 on the money line. Um, I bet that here at Circa. That's game one of the national TNT doubleheader tonight. The other game, the Coyotes, uh, big underdog at the Oilers tonight. Yeah. High total as well at seven. Um, Arizona on the second half of a back-to-back -back north of the border after losing 2-1 to the Jets last night. Anything worth even looking at tonight in this one? Um, if, if you want to take a peek, I did this last night. I, I threw some money on the Yotes money line, or the puck line, excuse me, so to keep that game close, and they did. They lost 2-1 to the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I do think this is a bit of a trap game. It has been a trap game 
for the majority of the season for teams when playing Arizona. They're much better than we thought they were going to be. And if you've been consistently betting on Arizona throughout the season, you've won substantial money. So kudos to you. So that's probably where I would look if I were to bet on this game, because all the stars are aligning for Edmonton to beat this team, but do not sleep on Arizona. Um, I think the stat is they haven't lost like a game in regulation in almost 10 games now. Like it's pretty incredible what they're putting together. So I think Arizona is going to keep it close despite being in the back-to-back here. So Nick, one of the things that I have seen, uh, at least in my timeline as somebody who doesn't get to watch a lot of NHL, but the T word has been thrown around for some of these bad teams tanking. So is that first the two part question first, is that legitimate Are people actually are teams actually doing this? And is it is it that they're actively tanking or is it again, because I'll tie this back to the NBA for me, is it just that the teams are bad and the market's really over accounting for the fact that there's a really good prospect at the top of this draft because the market is continuously coming in against teams like Houston or San Antonio. These teams are actually winning games and covering spreads in the NBA and people are getting their heads caved in because they're overvaluing the sense of tanking. Is this something that's actually happening? That's exactly it. Like uh, to put it in NHL terms, like Connor Bedard is is our version of Victor Webinyama, who's going to go first overall, as we know in the NBA, and putting forth a spectacular campaign and getting set for the draft. Bedard's doing the very, very same thing here in Canada. He is remarkable, and so teams want to put themselves in a position to get the first overall pick. Having said that, it's a bit different than it is in the NBA. Like your your odds of getting the guy, even if you finish last, I think are around twenty five percent. I'm no mathematician. But uh, I still am in favor of the 75% that are not getting him. Hmm. So I think that deters teams from tanking. I know the words used loosely in the NHL world. I just don't see it. Everything I just mentioned, like even the Montreal Canadiens, their roster is horrendous on paper, and they continue to win and win and win. You look at Arizona all season long, they've had pretty much an AHL roster, and they've won some incredible games against teams like Colorado and Toronto. So what I'm telling you, it's much more predictable In the NHL, I think it's more so because there's more players as opposed to the NBA where you know what you're going to get from a rotation as opposed to the NHL when they're throwing 20, 21 guys out there. It's a bit more unpredictable and you need more of a team atmosphere to probably win said game. So it's just so much more difficult to handicap. It's quite clear teams before the season put themselves in position to potentially land the first overall pick in Connor Bedard. But it's it's not an art or anything. I think it's so hard uh, to beat any team in this league, unfortunately. Yeah, Arizona specifically has been fascinating with some of their upset specials that they've Uh had this year and a couple last year as well. Um, Here with Nick Alberga at the Golden Muzzy on Twitter as well, talking all things National Hockey League. The Bruins are back on that record-setting pace potentially um, to have the most wins in NHL history and tie for the most points. That points record uh, has stood since the 70s with the Montreal Canadiens. They have had an extremely impressive year do you think, though, that come postseason they can maintain the heat that they have brought in the regular season? I do. Having said that, a, uh, a team that's won the President's Trophy hasn't won the Stanley Cup in, I think, almost 10 years. I think 2014 and the Hawks was the last time. So, again, this year is different. Every year is different. Boston's an absolute oiled wagon. Uh, I'll preface by saying I was not believer. I was not a believer, excuse me, in the bees going into the season. So many injuries. McAvoy, Marshawn, Carlo, like the list went on and on and on. Nobody in their wildest dreams could have predicted this type of season from the Boston Bruins. So I do think they're legitimate. Uh, they addressed maybe the, the needs they had at the deadline, picking up Orlov, picking up Hathaway, picking up Tyler Bertuzzi, just adding to the depth they already had. It really feels like the final swan song, the last dance, if you will, for Patrice Bergeron. So I am a believer in the Boston Bruins. I do like Colorado. Um, obviously, I like the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, too, you can't sleep on the Rangers. 
the Hurricanes, even without Svechnikov, I think is great value right now. The Devils and uh, Tampa and Toronto. That's the unfortunate thing about this conference uh, long-windedly here is there's so many really good teams in the mm-hmm. Eastern Conference this season. It's funny that you mentioned the the Bruins and their injuries early in the season. It was totally a game plan of mine coming into this year to like fade Boston yeah. early and then they went like 10 and 1 to start the season. It's like, okay, yeah. I guess that that mentality's not going to work out so well for me here. Um how wide open do you think the Western Conference is at this point? It's really interesting. Like if you asked me this a couple of weeks ago, I'd say like there's Colorado, Edmonton and everybody else, but the crazy thing that's happened since the trade deadline in early March is like the teams that picked up significant pieces have started to win. And I know a lot of the wheeling and dealing, a lot of the marquee names happen um, in the Eastern Conference. But you look specifically at the L.A. Kings, they pick up a mm-hmm. goaltender in Eunice Corpusallo. He's been really, really strong alongside the tandem there with Phoenix Copley. Even to that note, like the Vegas Golden Knights, a subtle pickup of Jonathan Quick, who's got revenge on his mind and has actually been pretty solid. Even without Mark Stone, that team is winning games. Dallas has been good. You know, the Oilers have been good. Um, you know, the only two teams that have been maybe, you know, flustered a bit and, and inconsistent specifically, um, uh, you know, Winnipeg for sure. And Seattle's tried to right along. Like, I think they're going to get in. So you look at the top six teams in the Western Conference right now, I think you can make a legitimate case for all those teams. I think a sleeper team is a team like Minnesota mm-hmm. if they can get Kirill Kaprizov back in the mix there. Can the Golden Knights hold on to the Pacific? I think it's going to be tough. I really, really do. The way Edmonton's playing right now, the motivation in the mind of Connor McDavid and the injuries, I just don't know if they're going to hold on because I know Vegas and Edmonton play each other a couple times down the stretch here. Awesome stuff, Nick. Really, really appreciate your time. Take care. Thank you. You're the best. That's Nick Alberga. Uh, Make sure you check out Leafs Morning Take on the Nation Network as well as the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast available wherever you download your podcast. And so when it comes to the Bruins, JVT, Totally. The beginning of the year, I was like, okay, on a game-to-game basis, we can fade them. We'll get a good mm-hmm. futures price on them. So I had the Bruins to win the cup. And then I also, and I'm it's I'm sweating out a Bruins and Celtics parlay future okay. um, for them both to win. Me and producer Steph are both in on that one. Um, Shocking. But, yeah, I know. Boston. <laughs> but, like, I totally came into the, I was like, this is going to be genius. I can just fade the Bruins on a game-to-game basis and then have this good number on them um, to win the cup. And then... They just kept freaking winning games. Insane. All right. We are going to take a quick break. But when we come back, getting set for hour two of the Lombardi line. Wow. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. 
and we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app.